Welcome to the Grass-Fed Podcast with husband and wife team Nabil Boomrar and Caitlin Weeks. Caitlin is a certified nutrition consultant and the creator of grassfedgirl.com. Nabil is a classically trained chef who works in a five-star hotel in downtown San Francisco. They are the best-selling authors of Mediterranean Paleo Cooking. Together, Nabil and Caitlin answer your questions about healthy cooking and wellness while helping you learn to enjoy a relaxed paleo primal lifestyle. Here are your hosts, Caitlin and Nabil. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Grass Fed Podcast. We're so excited you're joining us tonight. We're here on our third episode, and we're so excited because we're talking about chicken. That's Nabil's favorite food. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're getting a little used to it now that we're doing the podcast, and actually, it's pretty good. I feel like um, training someone or teaching somebody at work, but, you know, hitting with one rock so many people at a time, you don't have to do it every person you hire. Two birds with one stone, right. So, I've been working on making some fun smoothie recipes on my blog. I made a rhubarb smoothie, rhubarb and lemon pie smoothie, so check that out. And we've been enjoying the warm weather here. It's still in Nashville. We're still not getting cold yet, and we have all the fall leaves, but not the fall temperatures. Yeah, it's about 70, 75 every day. Yeah, so it's been really nice. We've been taking lots of walks and uh, cooking some nice food. I'm making a really nice soup from our book today that's got cumin and cilantro and chicken, so we're practicing what we preach today. (laughs) What have you been up to? Uh, Actually, I just came back from San San Francisco. I went for my Fred 30th birthday, and as soon, the funny part is, as soon as I landed in San Francisco, everybody's like, oh, and the bill is back, he's going to make us dinner. And actually, (laughs) they made me cook dinner, and the best part was chicken. Yum, your favorite. So I made, you know, roasted, roasted chicken, and I made, you know, some sweet potato fries, and some vegetables with it. They were happy, they were happy. It sounds like a fun trip. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is how to shop for chicken and that's healthy. And then Nabil's going to talk about some ways, the most popular ways to cook chicken so that it's not dry and has a soggy skin because we don't want that. So I'm going to go over the, the ways you should shop for chicken and what you should look for. So the first thing is a baseline to look for is organic. So it's uh, becoming more and more available and more and more affordable to buy organic chicken. So I'd say if you can, just look for that. A great place to get it is Costco. They have uh, big packages that are really, uh, when you buy in bulk, you get a discount. So look for that. You can also go to Trader Joe's. They have a good selection of organic chicken. So that's kind of the starting place to look for. And if you're in a really rural place where you don't have a lot of um of those kind of stores, you can just look for the no hormones and no antibiotics. I know some of the big stores like 
Ingalls or something like that has that label. And that's better than nothing. But try to just do organic as a baseline. So I was going to help you just decode some of the labels. So free range is means that it has access to outdoor, but uh, it's it doesn't mean that they actually use the, the access to the outdoors. It could just be a tiny little flap that they can go out, but that doesn't mean that they actually go outside. Another label you, you really want to look for is soy-free. Soy-free, the chickens can actually pass on some of the endocrine-disrupting constituents from soy. So we run, if you can get, look for soy-free, which you're going to find that main, mainly from a local farmer. You're not going to find that in a store. Um, sometimes you can find soy-free chicken eggs in Whole Foods, but that's the only place I've really seen it in a store. But you're probably not going to see that in the meat department. Another thing to look for is uh, air chilled. That means that it's not, it's cooled down naturally with a refrigerator and they're placed individually rather than being, uh, what's normally happening is they're chilled in, an, in a bleach bath, a chlorine bath, and there's more likelihood of contamination between chickens and bacteria. And then there's also a lot of water retention with the chicken. So you're basically paying for a lot of water and that's I mean, why do you want to pay for that? You got water at home, right? <laughs> so actually, yeah, some chicken you, they look big, and when you roast them or you cook them, become really small, and I think that way it makes it drier. And I mean, what what may what you may not realize is that chickens have been the the breeding process and the the growing process of chickens has really been sped up with all these antibiotics and hormones, and it's making it to where the chickens are so big that they can't even walk and um, it's just really unethical the way that the chickens are being raised in a conventional setting. They're all crammed in to a really tight spot and then there's a lot of bacteria because of all the the poo-poo so they have to give them a lot of drugs to combat and then you know you always hear about these drug resistant bacteria and that it's really all kind of connected we're all connected and our food is connected to our water and you know all the runoff that's created by these factory chicken farms it's a really big problem so you know every dollar counts and every it's like voting with your pocketbook so it's really important to not just look at the cost but think about the sustainability and the impact of each purchase so i know it can be a little overwhelming when you're first starting out but it's really important to learn and then, you know, you can teach your kids and teach your, your friends and then we'll start changing the world in a, you know, one, one shopping trip at a time. You, you give your money no matter what, what you rather do, okay. giving it to the farmer or giving it to the doctor. Yeah. It's one or the other. I don't think if you're giving the money to the farmer, you're done with it. There's nothing to come back and you're healthy. But if you want to give the money to the doctor, that's mean you mess up your life. So I'd rather give it to the farmer than the doctor, and period. Amen. Another thing to look for is Certified Humane. That's a, a organization that helps to monitor the way the chickens are raised. So that's a good label to see. 
and it keeps them from being exposed to round-the-clock light, which is another method of fattening them up. And farm-raised, if you see that, that really doesn't mean anything. It's not really regulated, so I wouldn't worry about that one. Uh, and then one more thing is natural. That's a big thing. We see that all the time. You know, we see little, uh, we see the word natural, and then we see little pictures of farmers and, you know, farm scenes and all this kind of stuff. But it really doesn't mean anything. It's just a marketing ploy. So don't, if you see natural, that doesn't preclude it from being fed GMOs. Because remember, we talked about before, it's not just what you eat. It's what you eat eats. So genetically modified seeds are really, and grains are really problematic for digestion and for just so many things because they're really new. So we really want to avoid them because we don't want to be the first generation of guinea pigs for these untested crops. And so a lot of chickens and cows are fed those and then we eat them and it creates a cycle of problems with, I mean, big problems with our digestion, and that's really where health starts. So we want to avoid GMOs as much as we can. And, you know, you're going to get those when you eat out anyway, so try to avoid them at home. That's my kind of my policy, because when I'm traveling, I'm a little bit more relaxed, but when I'm at home, I try to be really conscientious. So a little bit more about where to shop. Costco is a good place to, if you want to get organic, that's affordable, like I said. Uh, then go to your Weston A. Price Foundation. Usually has a group in each city. So you can go to westonaprice.org and you can connect with some like-minded people and ask them where to shop. And there's usually a message board or a Yahoo group or something like that. That's old school Yahoo group. But, uh, but uh, you can usually connect with them and ask them. Meetup is another place you can find maybe a, a paleo meetup and ask them where they shop. And there's lots of resources and groups on Facebook, so you can always find like-minded people. And then just go down to your farmer's market and just talk to the farmer, get to know him, and ask her or him, ask them what they do, how they raise their chickens, what they feed them. Usually they're going to be feeding them a combination of some feed that's, uh, but just find out if it's organic or if it's at least non-GMO, and then they'll probably feed them some, if they grow vegetables, they'll feed them vegetable scraps, and it's going to be a combination. Chickens aren't usually fed 100% just uh, one thing or the other, and the main thing is that they need to be out on pasture, so they need to be eating bugs and worms, and then they're going to have a lot more omega-3s, which is going to lead to less inflammation and that's going to make you overall much more healthy. So and one more resource is the Eat Wild website, eatwild.com. You can put in your zip code and that will tell you where there's local farmers around you that are creating sustainable food and organic food and stuff like that. So now, Grassed Chef, take it away. All right. The best thing when it comes to chicken, because it's perishable, the first thing I say do not buy an all chicken. Focus, I mean, go and read the label. The label tells you a lot of things, like Caitlin said about all the organic and free range. And if it's organic and it's soy free and all the stuff we just mentioned, the farm chicken lacks of flavor. 
It doesn't have a flavor by itself. Like if, conventional chicken? Yeah. I mean, you know, when it's raised and farmed and it's all covered up, you don't get a good taste of the dark meat. Because the dark meat is is the muscle, is why why the chicken moves. I mean, if, if the chicken moves with legs, the legs becomes dark. Mm-hmm. The breast doesn't move, it's whiter. You're making that, me hungry. <laughs> that's why if we go and eat duck, duck is poultry. But the entire animal, the meat is dark. Yeah, because it flies. Because it flies, so it uses all the muscles. For the breast, when it comes to a chicken, doesn't use it. So that's why it's white and it's not much fat in it. So it's one difference. What we mean with fresh chicken is when you go to the shop, you read uh, the label. And on the label, if it goes beyond two days, it's an all chicken. So what it says is about three to four days maximum. You mean the sell-by date? Yeah. So if it, if it has been out for three to four days, I mean, three days, it's okay. But you need just to wash it with salted water. So any beginning of the smell will go away if you do that. But two days to three days is max. Four days you're pushing it. You mean from... I'm just trying to understand what they're going to... Okay, it's three or four days since they slaughter it. Okay. Because, I mean, if you're buying it at the farmer's market, the best way to eat it is cooking it the same day. You can freeze it. You can freeze like uh, when it comes to raw, you can freeze it for nine months. But if you cook it, it's only six months. It takes like a a little different. But make sure when you're buying it, it's not frozen before. Because if it's it's been frozen before and you take it home and you freeze it again, you lose a lot of things. It's it's not good to thaw meat, chicken, or fish like frozen. Then you thaw it. Then you freeze it again. It loses all the the minerals and the goodies inside. So make sure. I mean, the way you check if it was frozen before or not, or not you just hold the chicken. I mean, most of the frozen ones they are already in the plastic. You look inside. If there is like some kind of bloodish or water in it, it means it was frozen before. And if you see water in it, it means it's, if it's not uh, frozen before, it means it's old. So get away from it as much as possible. It's good. I mean, like, it's okay if you buy it frozen to start with. Yes, but don't thaw it and freeze it again. Okay. So, I mean, for everything, even if you have like pastry or even like if you have a bread or something if you thaw it and you put it back in the freezer well, we don't need bread or pastry you know you know what i mean i mean like everything would lose you know the flavor and the taste and when it comes to you know you're you're there just make sure that when you buy the chicken that the fat in the chicken, it should not be white. It should be yellowish, the okay. fat in it. Because the chicken is not white, it's yellow. The, the fat should be the same color as the animal itself. And do not... 
I mean, I, I, I saw this on every, almost all my friends. Uh, I mean, fridge is they put the chicken on the top of the meat or on top of other produce. Make sure that's it's really tough because the temp, the cooking temperature of the chicken is pretty high. It's 165, and other things are lower. Make sure you put it all the way in the bottom underneath everything else. It's okay if something else drips on it. You're talking about before you cook it. Before you cook it, yeah. If you put it on the top of vegetables and the vegetables cooks at lower temperature, you might get sick of salmonella. And then, yeah, if you put it on the bottom drawer, then it's less likely to leak on everything else. Yeah, if, I mean, if, if you have like a piece of meat, it drips on the chicken, it's okay. It's not okay, but it's okay because the temperature can come all the way to 165. Compared to the meat, the meat that's not as high as it is about 145, depends what temperature you want to cook it at. But it's always the chicken higher. So put it in the bottom. If it leaks on top of it, it's okay. But the other way around, no, no. Okay. All right, when it comes to cooking, the chicken, you have to know the animal before, like knowing the cooking temperature of it. The chicken is split in three parts. There's dark meat, there's, this white, there's white meat, and there's the offals. The offals, like a lot of people, they don't, they don't like it, like whether the giblets or, you know, the heart or the kidney. Don't throw it away because it's, that's the best food you can eat. So if you don't like it, you can mix it with ground beef and you make meatloaf with it. You can, you know, mix it with still ground beef and you make bolognese as like a pasta sauce. You can use it for so many things. You can make a meatball and it's just, just start with like 85 ground beef to 15, like 85, 15, 85% to 15%. And you put 15% offals there and you mix it. You don't taste it much, but you got all the benefits out of it. Well, chicken, chicken don't have much as far as weight of of yeah. liver or kidneys or anything like it's not much in there i mean when one when we cook at work when we use a lot of jewelry when it comes to thanksgiving we make sauce gravy out of it or we make you know a stock it it works it works a lot beef has a lot bigger organs to cook yeah <laughs> and do I mean the best the best thing when you go and buy the chicken buy a whole chicken don't buy like separate because separate is going to be more expensive and you might not end up buying bones which is the best thing you can get it's all about bones and broth and when it comes to a chicken it's really easy to do is you get you have bones you got a mirepoix which is onion celery and carrot <coughs> And you add water and the sachet to it. Sachet, you can do whatever you want. It's thyme, bay leaf, peppercorn. You can put like parsley stems, and you can put whatever you want in it. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt. And it takes about three hours, three to four hours to cook. And you can put it in crock pot and fill it up and go to work and come back. You're ending up with chicken broth instead of buying it from. I don't think. Yeah, we're going to do a whole show uh, later on about broth and stock and what's the difference and 
how to make the slow. There's a chef version and then there's a nutritionist version. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the differences and and all that in another show later on. Yeah, and when you, when you cook, I mean, like I said, you have to know your animal. And when it comes to white meat, it's basically the breast and wings, and they're white. There is less fat in them. That means like there's no connective tissues, and it cooks faster. And when it comes to dark meat, which is like I think a drumstick, drumstick, and the thigh has more fat, more connective tissues, means takes longer to cook. And when you know those things. I don't, I don't feel like you're going to mess it up because you know that white meat's going to cook faster and dark meat's going to take longer. You can split, I mean, buy the whole chicken, cut it in eight pieces. You can do it even in four if you want to and cook them in a pan or in the oven. When you know the white meat is cooked, you take it out and dark meat stays a maybe, longer. yeah, a little longer, maybe 10 more minutes and you don't, you don't end up with dry breast or too shrinky of wings. <laughs> but the, the bones what really keeps the moisture in, right? And keeps yes. it from cooking too fast. It takes longer to cook. If you cook chicken breast with no bones, it takes, you know, way less time. When but bones in with when the bones in it takes a little longer. But it tastes dry and horrible. Uh, depends how you cook it. That's that's why there's technique how to cook everything. I mean, if you eat the chicken fajitas, they're not they're not dry, you eat them and they're juicy, but there's different technique of when it comes to saute or pan fry or all this, the above. The, like I said, the temperature of the chicken, the internal temperature is 165 Fahrenheit. That's why it's so, so scary for the salmonella. So there is no medium rare or medium chicken. You gotta cook it all the way to the right temperature. So you don't want to, you know, get sick or get somebody sick. So do you think people should use a um, thermometer or? Uh, I don't use thermometer, but if they have it, they definitely try when you, they pull it out. But the thing is, do not keep opening and closing the door because the temperature, when you open it, it goes down and you close it, they'll try to come up and it takes longer to cook. So, what you have, like, it's different, the best, oh, actually, I forgot to say that. Fryer is the best chicken you buy. It is about seven to eight weeks old, and it's the best thing. You can cook any recipe you want with it. I mean, it's not big, and it's not small. You can braise it. Flavor. Flavor, and the time, I mean, uh, the cooking period. And the flavor itself. So a fryer. A fryer is the best one. The other ones are just for like you know braising, like a, uh, the French big recipe is the cocovin, and the cocovin is it's cock basically is roaster. So That's it's why more tough chicken. It, it's tough chicken. That's it's why older. yeah, it's longer to cook. It so needs to go longer. Tender. Yeah, braising it is the best thing compared to sautéing for chicken breast. They might not know what braising is. Yeah, I mean, can I just finish most of the okay. things so before we go to braising and okay, the sorry techniques? To, sorry to jump ahead. 
Yeah, there's too many, too many techniques to worry about. Like I said, it's 165 degrees. Do not go any below. You can maybe go 160, but I don't, I don't, I don't suggest that. Always want to cook it. And the best part, I mean, that's why I don't use thermometer. Is when, how do you know the chicken is cooked? Is no pink. There's no pink coming out of the chicken. It needs to run clear. No. The juices need to run clear. And when you're cooking like uh, braising, in the, like in the water, but braising, to know when it's cooked is when it shrinks off the bone. Okay, it kind of comes up. Yeah, so it's French. Right? They call it Frenching. So when it's, it shrinks, it's, that means the meat is already cooked. Or when you cook chicken breast, you use the technique that you touch it. If it's when it's hard, it's cooked. When it's you know still soft, it's not. So if it's like spongy, it's not. If good. it's spongy, it's not cooked. Especially the breast, that's the thicker place, and it's. So you don't want it to bounce back. All right, bounce back. <laughs> I like this word. And the the last but not least is when you're frying it. When you're frying it. It's, yeah, you're cooking it inside the oil. I mean, of course, you got to use a, a good oil. <laughs> but uh, when you're frying it, to know it's cooked, just the chicken, whatever part you're cooking, needs to be floating. As soon as it floats... Oh, when it comes up to the top. Yeah. That means it's done. That means it's done. Yeah, you're, you're ready to take it out. And that reminds me of my grandma cooking fried chicken. <laughs> the- yeah. In North Carolina, <laughs> I remember. I, I, one day, one day, I saw some of the the workers just, you know, taking the chicken out. I mean, it doesn't matter if they're frying it or something, and they poke a hole with the knife in it to see if it's cooked or not. Please do not do that. I mean, it's something that you cannot do. You, you're going to lose the juices, and it will dry out. Does chicken need to rest the way that steak does? No, it doesn't. But you don't want to eat it too hot. You'll burn your mouth. <laughs> but just let it rest just in order to, to have it a nice temperature for chewing. Yes. And, you know, the, the you see at the restaurants or something, they're uh, trussing the chicken with, you know. String. With the string. And there's two things related to that. It's not a big deal if you don't know how to do it. It's because we cook it. We do it that way because it's... Uh, it looks good. That's why when you when you serve it, it looks good. And at the same time, is it cooks evenly. Because um. if you if you, if you put it without the wings will, and the thigh will spread out, the breast will cook, but the thigh won't. So if you keep it keeping it all the same, it stays. It stays in the same place. Talking about you know a whole chicken. And the first technique I love is uh, roasting, I mean basically at roasting or baking, almost the same thing. And when, when you bake the chicken, first mean it, every cooking method you need to season it. When you season the chicken, you need to season it from inside out. Because if you put it on the top of the skin, the seasoning doesn't penetrate the skin. So it stays only on the skin and then inside will stay tasteless. Mm. So what you do is you just, you know, you put it inside a cavity. 
You stuff it with uh, a sachet, any herbs with lemon. I like lemon. Lemon, I mean, the chicken loves lemon because it makes it more tender and more juicy. So I stuff it with this stuff. And when I roast it, I put the mirepoix in the bottom. Oh, to catch the juices? Yeah, to catch the juices. And you're making basically a sauce and the vegetables with it. So basically, you're cooking the vegetables with the chicken sauce. And don't be scared of the juices coming out because when it comes out, it's evaporating and it's cooking at the same time. So you're not doing any salmonella or anything. And I saw there's so many techniques, a lot of people doing it differently, but I'm just some, sometimes I'm lazy, but the best, the best thing is to flip it on the chest first. Okay, let's back up a little bit. Put in the chicken in the oven. Some people put it in 350 and keep it for all the time. Some chicken, they're big, so the temperature from outside, it's high. The inside stays cold when you put it in one single temperature. What I do is I put it in the oven, 450 degrees. So the heat is so high, the entire chicken would get the right temperature right away. Then after 15 minutes, I drop it to 350. So like this, the cooking, it's all, the sur- not just on the surface, it's the entire chicken. It's on the right temperature really fast. So it doesn't dry from outside and stays raw in the inside. So you just put it high and you put it down. That's why we, pre- we pre-heat the oven. And I put the, the, the skin down first, I mean the, the, the breast down first. Because it cooks upside down, like a convection, the convection. So it's the, the, the breast stays moist. Or if you don't want to do that, so some people doing it. And I mean, I don't eat bacon, but some people put you know layers of bacon on the breast while it's cooking. The bacon itself is cooking, and it releases the fat, so it keeps the breast moist and. I mean, I, I've seen the result. It's really good. And I cook it with butter on the skin. And it keeps it, I mean, it keeps, keeps it moist for me. And at the same time, you're building a crust. Mm. So it's, uh, the, the, the skin is crispy. Uh, Can I ask you a question yes. about the skin? Sometimes my skin is just all like, droopy and falling off like what can help with that falling off and but I mean, it's like, when you're roasting it yeah okay when you're roasting it if it's if you're cooking it i mean that's why you put it in 450 because the skin will crisp up and you put fat in it as much fat as you put is good because it goes in the bottom and it make the brown if it doesn't brown it the right way just Put it under the broiler for a couple of minutes, and then crisp up the skin. At the end? At the end. When you're finishing, just put it on the broiler two minutes, and you take it out, and you got a crispy skin. Okay. And that's why, when it comes to the other technique, it's uh, grilling or broiling itself. Do not put fresh herb on the top, I mean on the skin, because when you do those techniques, it will burn. And burn skin 
doesn't taste good. Yeah, that's one thing you taught me because I was just putting big pieces of herbs all over the chicken and it, it always gets burned and then it tastes terrible. Yeah, some, some they the, the brine the chicken in the sugar or tomato, they put like some kind of tomato on top of it or inside. When you broil, it will burn because um, it's sugar. Yeah. Sugar has a tendency to burn. So if you put it that way, that's, that's what I said. You know your technique. You, you, when you go and buy, know what you want to do with it. So it's it's much better. And you can, like I said, like pan frying and, you know, deep frying. It's, it's just two different terms. It's almost the same, but it's just, you know, one goes all the way in the fryer, the other one on top. And when it comes to braising, braising is the way to go. And it's my favorite. That's Right now, she's braising a chicken for me with olives and carrots it's my favorite dish and it's on my book it paleo vegetarian paleo cooking and you get it's on the cover yeah you got some saltiness from the the olives you got some sweetness from the carrot mm. you get the fat because you're using the bones and the skin and at the same time you're Sweet. making your Sweet. own broth you get all that flavor and it comes out in the when it's cooking the best part now we have a dishwasher but before we did not have a dishwasher it's the best part is one pot dish that's right so braising that's what i like about braising is one pot dish you might you know, some some techniques they just leave it all the way until the end others is just like you know they sear the chicken which is like in you know good fat you put the skin down you build the crust, you make the crust on the, the skin first and you turn it. Some people, I mean, I like to keep, you know, the chicken in and cook it all the way. I mean, the whole dish. Other technique is just they pull the chicken out, they cook the vegetables. When it's almost done, they add the chicken for 15 minutes to cook all the way through. Mm. To keep this, this technique to keep the whole chicken like whole doesn't fall apart okay i mean this is we use it a lot in restaurants and stuff so it looks good but oh, when you cook at home you don't have to do that you just you know when you see the the meat comes out of like shrink from the bone that you're ready and you're good to go <laughs> so just remember when i met nabil all i knew how to do was use microwave or make a sandwich or something like that. So he taught me a lot about cooking, but let me see if I do if I do it right in my so when I cook the chicken, I melt some fat. You can use butter or ghee or coconut oil if you are dairy free. Uh, and then you let that melt. Then you put your chicken in and it would use some chicken on the bone. So the thighs are or uh, the whole chicken cut up. So then you would put, so this would be over about medium heat. Yeah, medium high, so the skin will crisp up pretty good. And then you would put the spices on the chicken while it's cooking, because uh, you're basically just searing the edges of the chicken, and the spices will, because if you put them in the water, they later on, they won't really get into the, the chicken. So what you want to do is kind of cook them in a little bit, uh, put the spices, 
and then flip it to where the, all the sides are browned, and then you would add the onion, and then kind of, you're kind of scraping everything around and moving the chicken around so your onion can cook. And then when your onion starts to brown, you can add your, if you're doing garlic, you can add your garlic. And then you would add your, you can use, if you already have broth made, then you can add broth. I would use the same animal or else it's going to be weird. And then if, this, I want to see if I'm doing it right. And then I would add uh, some more, oh, also make sure you put your salt and pepper when you're cooking your chicken during that, that time. And then later you would let it cook for like 30 minutes or so. And then you would add your vegetables or your carrots or your olives or whatever at that time. Is that right? Yes, but a couple words you said it. You don't brown the onion. You just make sure they become translucent. Translucent. You don't, you don't, you don't want them to be brown. Brown means like a little burned. Bit burned. Yeah. <laughs> so it gives like a funny, a funny taste. And when uh, when you cook the chicken, don't touch it. Don't move it around. I mean, you cook it. You put you put it down. The searing. The reason of the searing is to keep the juices in. It's like you put walls around the the juice itself. Is it kind of lock in the flavor yeah. of the spices? I mean, the juice. I mean, not the flavor. Yes, it's there, but the most the braising itself. I mean, the the searing itself is to keep the juice in. So if it's crispy on one side, crispy on the other side, the juice has nowhere to go. So when you finish, you let it sit for a couple of minutes, then the juices will spread out all around the chicken. That's why it's juicy. Like boiling, boiling the chicken is, yeah. it's like flavorless and it goes all around the water. You want it to, that's why searing is me locking in the flavor. Otherwise, you did good. Yeah, I passed. Is All there right. any other t anything else you want to talk about the with the chicken techniques? I think I'm pretty. I covered almost everything. Just make sure that you put enough fat in it. Do not put any fresh herbs on the outside because it doesn't penetrate. Just put it inside, and the fresh herb burns on top. So don't do that. If you didn't put enough fat. Just at the end of the roasting, broil it for a minute. Even though sometimes what I do when it's a bad searing on, you know, braising, I take the meat out from the sauce, put it in a sheet pan, throw it inside the oven, broil it for a couple minutes. You crisp up the chicken, take them out, and you can add them again. I mean, like put them in the bottom and put the sauce on top of it. So you've got crispy, crispy skin. I mean, what we do at, at work is just like for especially chicken and everything else. We sear it, we take it apart, we leave it, we make the sauce differently. Then when the customer order it, we finish it in the oven. When it's almost done, we add it to the sauce. So it holds its shape and it looks nice, like a big piece. If you cook it all the way in the water, it may fall apart a little bit and doesn't look good. But it tastes good. It tastes great. Mm -hmm. It tastes great. Um, so when you're looking for chicken, make sure that they are, make sure that they're really fresh 
And remember, chickens are not vegetarians and they eat bugs and worms. So, and that will give them a lot more vitamin D and that will make you healthier. So just remember that about chickens when you see that vegetarian label. And if we forgot anything, we'll go back over maybe and do a chicken part two another day. So thanks so much for joining us. And make sure and come see us in Nashville on November 20th. We have a book signing in Cool Springs with Jimmy Moore, the king of keto. So thanks so much for listening. And go over to grassfedgirl.com and sign up for my newsletter. It's grassfedlist.com. Grassfedlist. Thanks again. Thank you, everybody. And know your farmer. Your farmer will help you to do everything and tells you how fresh the chicken is. Chicken is about fresh. Awesome. All right. Bye-bye.